Hello, welcome to my podcast. I am James M. Villon, and I am a political science and history practitioner and a law student as well. For today, we will be discussing about the 1987 Philippine Constitution, particularly on the preamble. So, our preamble under the 1987 Constitution states that we, the sovereign Filipino people, imploring the aid of Almighty God in order to build a just and humane society and establish a government that shall embody our ideals and aspirations, promote the common good, conserve and develop our patrimony, and secure to ourselves and our posterity the blessings of independence and democracy under the rule of law and a regime of truth, justice, freedom, love, equality, and peace do ordain and promulgate this constitution. Now let us proceed to the deliberations of the committee report. The very first committee report to come out for deliberation by the 1986 Constitutional Commission was a draft of a preamble. The draft was a modification of the preamble of the 1973 Constitution and read thus, We, the sovereign Filipino people, imploring the guidance of divine providence to establish a government that shall embody our ideals and aspirations, promote the common good, conserve and enhance our patrimony, secure to ourselves and our posterity the blessings of participatory democracy under a rule of justice, peace, freedom, and equality to ordain and promulgate this constitution. In the course of the initial deliberations, there were those who felt that the preamble should be formulated only after the body of the constitution had been completed. Their contention was that since the preamble is a distillation of the ideas and aspirations of the Filipino people, it should not be finalized until after those ideals and aspirations had been hammered out, especially after widespread consultation in the public hearings. Others, however, thought that since the commissioners themselves were in a position to enumerate at least tentatively the ideals and aspirations of the Filipino people, a preamble formulated in advance could serve as a guide for the rest of the work of the commission. A compromise was reached when it was agreed that the preamble would still be the subject to modifications after the formulation of the body of the document. It was a reasonable compromise because a constitution essentially consists of an enumeration of fundamental values and goals and of devices for achieving and protecting these goals. An enumeration of the values and goals, therefore, albeit tentative, could be a useful aid for future deliberations. As it turned out, however, the commission did not go back to the preamble after the completion of the body of the document. The commission deliberations took up most of the plenary session time on June 10 and 11. The committee's guidance gave way to aid as a more all-embracing term. The word enhance yielded to the 1935s and 1973s conserve and develop. The addition of the more dynamic word aspirations to the passive-sounding ideals was accepted, but the modifier participatory, which the committee said was meant to introduce the element of direct democracy and people power was deleted as being tautological. 
an attempt to restore the phrase general welfare in place of the committee's phrase common good was not accepted. The change from general welfare to common good was intended to project the idea of a social order that enables every citizen to attain his or her fullest development economically, politically, cult culturally, and spiritually. The rejection of the phrase general welfare was based on the apprehension that the phrase could be interpreted as meaning the greatest good for the greatest number, even if what the greater number want does violence to human dignity. As for instance, when the greater majority might want the extermination of those who are considered as belonging to an inferior race, it was thought that the phrase common good would guarantee that mob rule would not prevail and that the majority would not persecute the minority. An attempt to substitute Lord of History or God of History for divine providence was made on the reasoning that the suggested substitute connoted active involvement of God in the affairs of men, but the suggestion was rejected when it was pointed out that the phrase could be misunderstood as an acceptance of the Marxist concept of history as being the only God. Instead, the phrase Almighty God was chosen as being more personal than divine providence and therefore more consonant with Filipino religiosity. Another change made by the body was the insertion of the phrase a just and humane society. The phrase added the notion that constitution not merely sets up a government but is also an instrument for building the larger society of which government is merely a part. An attempt to substitute equity for equality was rejected as being subject to the interpretation that the Commission was rejecting the enshrinement of equality already made the 1973 Constitution. The 1973 preamble had added equality to reflect the mounting wave of protests against basic social inequalities which even at the time of the 1971 Constitutional Convention plagued Philippine society. The committee's desire to substitute rule for regime was also rejected. Instead, the phrase rule of law was inserted and the concluding litany was made to read truth, justice, freedom, love, equality, and peace. The introduction of the word love probably makes the Philippines the only nation to enshrine the word in its constitution. It serves as a monument to the love that prevented bloodshed in February Revolution of 1986. Moreover, the insertion of truth is a protest against the deception that characterized the Marcos regime. Finally, the enumeration captures a stream in Catholic thought which sees peace as the fruit of the convergence of truth, justice, freedom, and love. The draft was approved on second reading on the eve of Independence Day, June 11, 1986. The purpose and effect of the preamble. So constitutionally, however, a preamble is not a source of power or right for any department of government, but because it sets down the region, scope, and purpose of the constitution, 
It is useful as an aid in ascertaining the meaning of ambiguous provisions in the body of the Constitution. In Aglipay versus Ruiz, for instance, Justice Laurel, in seeking the true meaning of separation of church and state in Philippine jurisprudence, had occasion to allude to the invocation of the aid of divine providence found in the 1935 preamble. The preamble, moreover, bears witness to the fact that the Constitution is the manifestation of the sovereign will of the Filipino people. This idea comes out more clearly in the present text, as also in the 1973 text, which uses the first-person approach. The 1935 preamble had used the third-person approach. The Filipino people imploring the aid, etc., the effect of the 1935 text was to suggest that some third person, the United States, was making the announcement that the Filipino people were finally being allowed to promulgate a constitution. The identification of the Filipino people as the author of the constitution also calls attention to an important principle that the document is not just the work of representatives of the people but of the people themselves who put their mark of approval by ratifying it in a plebiscite. The 1935 text had also stated that one of the objects of the promulgation of the Constitution was to secure to themselves and their posterity the blessings of independence. The text thus suggested that independence was still merely an aspiration as indeed it was then and not yet a possession of the Filipino people. To remove this anachronistic suggestion, the preamble now as also the 1973 preamble speaks of the blessings of democracy and calls the Filipino people sovereign.